0: Just go to cars.com. It's magical.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nations, the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take Podcast. My name is Michael, the Hebrew Hammer Brown, and this is another episode of the Dream Take Podcast. I am flying Han Solo this evening. It is just me. Come on over, hang out. We're going to give people some time to join the show this evening to talk all things Houston Rockets. we got a bunch of stuff we want to talk about. My man, Jeremy Brenner and Ray Lucas, both have the night off this evening. This is a show that I want our listeners, our amazing listeners, to be able to come in, talk about the Houston Rockets. I've got a couple topics that I would like to have discussed on the show tonight. We'll lay those out here shortly. But if you have something that you would like to have discussed, anything, Houston Rockets basketball, hit that request to speak button. I will bring you on the show. We will discuss the Houston Rockets as long as you've got some piping hot takes. You are welcome on the show absolutely for as long as you would like. Once again, my name is Michael Brown. We got people filing in here on the show. Some stuff that I would like to talk about as it pertains to the show this evening. We've got a couple guys I want to discuss on the Exhibit 10 deals that the Rockets have signed, that's Deshaun Nix, Tyler Bay, and University of Houston legend, Armani Brooks. We have the 2K rating debacle that Kevin Porter Jr. is not very happy about as it pertains to his ratings. Um, I don't really get this one, so if somebody would like to hop in and kind of talk about why he's so upset about his 2K rating, um, I'd be more than willing to listen to that. But uh, as long as it results in him playing even better on the court than he did last year. I am here for it. And once again, tonight is all about you, Rockets fans. You want to talk John Wall? Hit that request to speak button. How do you think he impacts this team going into next season? Is he here from day one? Is Eric Gordon here from day one? Should the Rockets be looking into giving Christian Wood an extension? How do you feel about still having DJ Augustine on the roster? Um You know, anything that you guys want talked about tonight here on the show, you guys are absolutely more than welcome to hit that request to speak option. As I talked about at the top of the show, we've got three guys I want to discuss who the Rockets did sign to their Exhibit 10 deals. That's Deshaun Nix, that's Tyler Bay, and that's Armani Brooks. Uh, Let's get to Deshaun Nix first. He's a 6'5 guard, uh, 224 pounds out of the G League. Uh, ignite. Uh, look, you, you look at this kid, Deshaun dix, First of all, one thing I love about guards is their size. You know, you look at their ability. I don't want a short guard on the court. We, we don't live in a world where short guards are the hot thing. You know what I mean? Like, think about guards in the league right now who have a ton of success. You've got... Uh, you know, Chris not Chris Middleton, is it Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a six foot five guard. Uh Giannis plays the guard position. There are so many different guys that play the guard position that you can't be six one anymore. You've got to be at least six two, six three. That's the ideal size. You look at Deshaun Knicks, Deshaun Knicks is six foot five. Uh so that's the first positive that I look at and I say positive in your direction. Now, when you look at his time in the G League, played in 26 and a half minutes per game, he averaged 8.8 rebounds, 5.3 rebounds, and 5.3 assists. You know who he feels like to me is a very poor man's version of a Ben Simmons. And I know that there's a lot of speculation right now with Ben Simmons. Deshaun Nix is the type of guy that plays like a Ben Simmons. He's not a great shooter. Uh, He only shot 38.7% from, excuse me, 38.4% from the field last year. uh, And it was even worse. He only shot 17.8% from the three-point line. Deshaun Nix is the prototypical. He can do everything on the court except shoot. Now, where the Rockets are going to have to make a lot of decisions early in the season is playing time for their guards. You look at Jalen Green. Uh, There's been some speculation out there from people saying that Jalen Green won't start from day one. If Jalen Green does not start from day one, we riot in the streets of Houston. Well, he may not be ready day one. You draft the guy second overall, he better be ready to play from day one in the starting lineup. Um, Now, this is the Rockets' own doing, the fact that they have to have these questions because you have John Wall on your roster. You have Eric Gordon on your roster. The Rockets, while they can benefit from having those guys on their roster from day one, aka being a good veteran leader for the young guys, I can see that, but you have DJ Augustine, who's been in the league for a very long time. You have Daniel Tice, who's been in the league for a very long time. You not a very long time, but he's been in the league long enough to be a veteran leader. Um, you talk about a guy like Daniel House is still on the roster, can be that type of leader for the young guys. How many of those guys do you need? Because when you look at this roster, when you examine this roster, it's a roster that doesn't have a direction overall. Now you look at the young guys um, and, and Deshaun Nix would be a guy that would fit in on this roster if they had an opening, but they simply don't at this point. That's why they signed him to the deal that they did. When I say I could see him being on this roster at some point, getting legitimate minutes, If Eric Gordon and John Wall both found their way off of the main roster, then all of a sudden you open up a roster spot, a full-time roster spot for a guy like Deshaun Nix. I like Deshaun Nix. When you watch him play, the first thing that pops out about his game is his ability to pass the ball. He's got elite for his style of prospect. When I say elite, I'm not talking about elite in the game of basketball. I'm saying for a lower-end type of prospect, which is what Deshaun Knicks is, he has elite vision on the court. Every single team in the NBA could use a guy with elite vision to be on their team. Now, what does he bring to a potential roster? Um, You know, he's a good rebounder. You can, as we talked about, he averages five and a half rebounds uh, per game. I think that he's got a decent first step to get to the basket. Um, but very simply, if Deshaun Nix were to find rotational minutes on this team, he will be the end-of-the-bench type guy. While I'm excited about Deshaun Knicks, I'm not over the moon about Deshaun Knicks. We get to the next guy that I'm a little bit more excited about. So I'm going in order of excitement of the three Exhibit 10 guys. Deshaun Knicks number three. Number two is Tyler Bay. Now, Tyler Bay's name might sound familiar to people who follow you know, prospect watching uh, closer than others. Right, Deshaun Bay played in 18 games last season for the Dallas Mavericks. Only averaged a point per game. Only played in four minutes per game. His statistics from the 20-21 season really don't matter all that much. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the biggest thing about Tyler Bay that I like is size. He's six foot seven, 215 pounds. Um, The thing about today's NBA is that if you're going to be a successful organization, you have to build your team around guys that are 6'4 to 6'8 is what I'll call it. Because so many teams in the NBA now are surrounding their roster with these types of guys. The Milwaukee Bucks, P.J. Tucker is 6'7. Giannis is 6'10. Chris Middleton is 6'8 um drew holiday i believe is six five uh he may be like 6'4", 6'5. but those are the types of guys that you look at the lakers uh in, and the rockets are not the lakers i'm not sitting here saying that they are the lakers but eventually the rockets have to look at their roster and so many different people have said well you just got to find the talent you got to find the talent you know who cares about positions well eventually this roster has to get to a point where they can play with other rosters that have these types of guys when you play the Lakers, you gotta go up against AD and LeBron, but then you gotta go up against, you know, their other forward type players. They play positionless, but they're massive positionless players. Tyler Bay has that type of body frame that you say, okay, six seven, you're obviously good enough to make it to the league. Can the Rockets carve out enough of a a playing time scenario for a guy like Tyler Bay to get him some success at the NBA level. Highly unlikely, but I'm more excited about Tyler Bay because of you know the fact that he's six foot seven. I feel like defensively he can give you enough energy that he could be a positive pro type guy. When you look at Tyler Bay, think of a more defensive-minded Anthony Lamb. Now, Rockets fans may, you know, come at me on Twitter at BSW underscore You may look at the situation and say, well, you already have Usman Garuba. Just as an example, a guy like Usman Garuba and a guy like Tyler Bay are completely separate type players. Usman Garuba is going to play some small ball five for this team. Tyler Bay will never play a small ball five. He is a wing defensive presence. Think of a guy like Luke Richard Mbamute. That's what Tyler Bay could be. For this team, do the Rockets need that at the present moment? I would say no. However, Tyler Bay is the type of guy if he can continue to develop at the G League level, uh, getting as many minutes as he can. I do feel like his game can move to the spot where you could say, okay, Tyler Bay is a nice rotational player for this team. Now, let's get to the guy that I am most excited about. Once again, if you're joining us here on Spotify green room. if you have something you would like to talk about, Rockets related, you want to chop it up with me here on the Dream DreamShakes, the DreamTank podcast, hit that request to speak button. I am always open to listeners joining the show. Give me your opinion. And until we have nothing left to talk about, you can join the show for as long as you would like. The third guy, obviously, University of Houston legend himself, Armani Brooks. I've said it before, and I will say this again. Do I love Armani Brooks? No. I think he's a very nice player, but I think there's a lot to his game that can grow. And we do have our first request. Mike wants to join the show here on SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Tag Podcast. Mike, welcome to the show. What can I do for you, sir?
0: Oh, I'm I'm taking myself off me. How's it going?
1: No worries. Thank
0: you for joining the show, my man. What you got? A quick question. I know you kind of touched on it earlier. Curious what your thoughts on the minutes rotation would look like for the front court and the back court. It's going to be a log jam and I don't see how a lot of these guys are going to get a play.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think, let me be candid when I say that Daniel House serves no purpose on this team. And with what we went through last year, and last year was probably the worst basketball I have ever seen the Rockets play collectively in a season. The Rockets have to find ways that if they're going to go young, go young. You know what I mean? Mike, yeah, like, for sure. If you're, if you're going to push your youth movement, then push your youth movement. Why are you giving minutes to Daniel House when you could be giving minutes to Josh Christopher? Why are you giving minutes to, uh, let me see if I can find an example. You know, why did you sign Daniel Tice? Now, I love Daniel Tice, but if you're signing Daniel Tice, you're taking minutes away from Usman Garuba. You're taking minutes away from uh, Alperin Sangoon. Right. So there's a divide, I feel like, and I don't know what you think or what other Rockets fans think, that, and I like this, that I think the Rockets want to contend a lot quicker than people are giving them credit for.
0: You don't yeah. make
1: a, a signing like a Daniel Tice or a David Nawaba. and I'm not talking about the level of player that they are. I'm talking about the types of guys those are. Those are veterans in this league. They're considered veterans. Why are you signing those types of veterans retaining an Eric Gordon, retaining a John Wall, retaining a Christian Wood? Why are you retaining those guys if you don't
0: want to contend sooner yeah. rather than later? That's my question. I, I get the sense that in a lot of cases and a lot of teams that have done rebuilds in the past have just gone full youth and has not done very well. I think you, if you really want to build well, you've got a combo with some veterans that are really there for the rotation. Like If you think about it, two years from now, 2023 is kind of the year that we see that a lot of money is going to come off the books. That should be their opportunity to take some swings at other veterans. I could absolutely see Daniel Tice and, you know, Nawaba making a rotation and being a contributor to that. And they also are players that I think will be really good for the younger guys, Daniel House and Eric Gordon and John Wall are, are are all here because of the contracts or they're going to get playing time to up their trade value for this year or next year. Yeah, uh, and no, I think you I, just got to live with that. Uh, and then well, the other abs- the other question is then for the other guys like the Usman Garubas of the world, you know, this is a great opportunity to use the are the Rio Grande Valley Vipers because you see we've seen so many players come out of there with with all that playing time. So don't don't underestimate the G League too. Yeah,
1: I, I, I'll be I'll be honest. I am a. I don't have any patience for professional sports. (laughs) And what I mean by that is it's not my job to wait for my teams to be good. Does that make sense? Like people who pay good money to go to professional sporting events, to cheer their teams on, this is is not our problem. And that's what was so entirely frustrating about the James Harden trade was that there was no – Definitive, here's the talent that you received. It was a, well, we're going to trade them for draft picks down the road. I want my team to be good. I want the Rockets. I don't want to rebuild. I don't want to look at, I don't want to have to go through another year that we had last year. I don't want to go into the draft saying, you know, I really like the kid from uh, Gonzaga. I really like the kid from, because none of it is guaranteed. We don't know what Jalen Green's going to be. We don't know what Cade Cunningham's going to be. But, you know, at least. You know, you know who I know is good? Jared Allen. I would have loved to have had Jared Allen in the in the uh, James Harden deal. Because I know what he is. I, he's a proven NBA commodity. Who knows what Jalen Green is? Who knows what any of these guys are? That's why I hate the draft. I'll go on, on record. You guys can reference this. eight sixteen on Thursday night. I beyond hate the draft because you just don't know. There's too many variables. I want my team to be good. I want them to be good
0: now but at least we have a direction. That's the only difference between this year and last year is that we actually have, like, an actual direction. I think of it like the 2014 Astros, like when they finally got some of those players, like the Springers, and then next the year later, the Correa's. Sure. Like, that, that team started to, you started to see it grow. I think Jared Allen is a phenomenal player, but just not in part of the timeline, I don't think. And, you know... But whose anyway. timeline, though? But that's the question. Is Right. That's...
1: That is the, the $100 million question is, and I'm not and I'm not taking away anything that you said, but the timeline is subjective. Whose timeline? Are we talking about Tillman's timeline? You know, he, he spent some decent money signing Daniel Tice. He's t- he spent some decent money on David Nawaba. But are you signing those guys just to trade them to offload that money? And is he trying to make up money that he's lost during COVID? Because all of his businesses have taken a hit. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is the team has a direction, but what is it? Yes, they they... have moved. Yes, they have youth. They absolutely have youth. You also have a really good amount of veteran leadership on the team, right? That like it almost feels like you're trying to stick a a square peg in a round hole,
0: sort of. I, I get it. I think it's a combination of like collecting assets, trying to have a plan of like a three year plan for the future. And then also put yourself in a position so that when opportunities do come, you are best suited. And it looks like, just based on all reporting, that like just like before with Maury, every single big superstar that's available, we're gonna be in the discussion for because we have the assets to make those trades. Sure. And 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 pulling these guys like, look, like Daniel Tice, you know, who knows what he's gonna do, what he's gonna provide. He's definitely a big man that's gonna be able to to do much better against some of the bigs in the league, which is where the league is shifted back too. But ultimately, I think you have you have to sort of think about it as your core young guys of the KPJs, the Jalen Greens, the Jay Sean Tates, and the KJ Martins of the world. And that's kind of like on that timeline and everybody else is a complement to their that rotation that you build around. And you know, they, I think I again I'm I'll 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 say this and I'll I'll step down, but I just think that ultimately like the moves that this front office has made is is giving me enough like clarity that I, I do believe in them. I know your your feelings on the James Harden trade, but I think Stone has demonstrated that his eye for talent um, is really really good and given the um, the early signs, I'm I'm pretty excited about the future and I'm much more excited to watch this season than I was the Westbrook year, for sure. Oh. Oh, oh god.
1: Um sorry, that gave me PTSD.
0: <laughs> Appreciate you, Mike. Um
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you for joining the show. I I think Mike brings up a couple really solid points that need to be broken down. And and that's why we do these shows in the offseason. There's not a ton of things going on. Yes, we could absolutely talk about the fact that Kevin Porter Jr. is upset about his video game grade. Like, okay, like KPJ, I get it. And I'm all for things that get guys fired up and make them want to play better like, it's a video game, like, who cares, like, you're literally upset about something that is not real, like, yes, am I gonna go out, and I'm gonna go to the store, and I'm gonna buy 2k, so I can, you know, come home, and, and play 2k, yes, I am, but you're upset about something in a video game, it's like guys being upset about things that happen in Madden, you know, their Madden rating, like, that's the world that we live in, and that's fine, but bottom line is, KPJ, we love you, congrats on, look, if it makes you feel better, I would I could never be rated as 77 in NBA 2K. Okay, so if you happen to be listening to the show, I think 77 as an overall NBA 2K 22 rating, I think it's fantastic, and I'm more than happy for you because that's not something that I could ever get to. Um, now, talk about some things that that Mike brought up uh, there. And once again, this is another episode of the Dream Shapes the Dream Take podcast. Uh, if you are listening live on Spotify Green Room right now and you have something you would like to talk about, hit that request to speak button. I would love to chop it up with you here on this beautiful Thursday evening. Start of college football, Minnesota, Ohio State is on. Absolutely incredible uh, sports going on here for the rest of the weekend. Uh, we hope everybody has a great holiday weekend if you're listening to this Friday and beyond. Um, but anyway, so Mike was talking about how he's excited about this upcoming season more than the Westbrook year. Now. One thing that I look at with last year's team, let's go back to last year real quick. The fact that Steven Silas, as a first-year head coach, had to deal with what he had to deal with was, was a travesty. I mean, it was just it was ridiculous. It was something that no first-year coach should ever have to deal with. And he's about it, he, came, he talked about it many times. He came here to coach Russell Westbrook and James Harden. The Russell Westbrook trade never made sense from day one. Do I love – did I love Russell Westbrook as a player? Absolutely. I think he's an outstanding talent. There's a reason the dude has never, ever played for anything significant recently. Now, he made it to an NBA Finals when he was with Kevin Durant and James Harden. But when he is the man, when he's one of the co-guys on the team, like he was with Harden, it does not work. That's not Russell Westbrook's game. Now, you talk about moving – When you acquired Russell Westbrook, this is something that so many people neglect to talk about with the Russell Westbrook trade. You then give away, and I will call it giving it away, you gave Clint Capella away. Clint Capella was, is, and was the perfect prototypical big man for 20, the way that we play the game now, you have to get a Clint Capella. You look at a guy like Alperin Sangoon. I think Sangoon, could be better than Clint Capella, but I think Clint Capella is going to be a better, is is and will ultimately be a better shot blocker than than, uh, than Sangoon. Um Now, can an Usman Garuba turn into a Clint Capella? Possibly, I don't know. But acquiring Russell Westbrook requires the Rockets to move Clint Capella because of the way Russell Westbrook played. Now, people have talked about for the past few months not past few months, I would say last six to nine months, ever since the Rockets have taken on this new identity, post-James Harden, post-Russell Westbrook. People are excited about the youth movement of this team. I could not agree anymore. Can I not wait to watch Jalen Green play? Yes, absolutely. I think the kid's going to be a star. Do I think Josh Christopher has everything required to be a over- Overly aggressive Lou Williams? I absolutely think so. That's my comp for a guy like Josh Christopher is Lou Williams. I think he can play. I think Usman Garuba, if he can develop a jump shot, I think he's a better version of Serge Ibaka. I think the way he plays on the defensive end can change games. While we're talking about all of these moves that the Rockets have made, the other part of what people don't talk about from last year enough, and I'll continue to hammer this point home, there was not a team in the league that had more injury, more impactful injuries on their roster than maybe Gold, the Golden State Warriors when they lost Klay Thompson. So think about the team from last year. Early in the season, the Rockets had won six games in a row. You had Sterling Brown, you had David Nawaba, you have Eric Gordon, you have John Wall. You're performing at a relatively high level with all things considered. And then injury bugs just take away everything from this team. What happens last season if those guys, every single one of those, Christian Wood got hurt, missed a decent amount of games. Eric Gordon missed games. John Wall missed games. Um, What if you held on to a guy like P.J. Tucker to work with the rotation if those other guys don't get hurt? Where are the Rockets last year? Because I'll tell you what, they absolutely are not the worst team record-wise in the league. And there are going to be, there are going to be, and there are people out there that absolutely love the fact that the Rockets ended up with Jalen Green. And I love Jalen Green. I love everything that he said. But are you really going to tell me that you are 100% satisfied with Jalen Green as the pick for the Rockets? Because if you are, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. Either, the only way you honestly think that is if, you believe Jalen Green is the better prospect than Cade Cunningham. If you believe that, then you're 100% happy. For a large majority of people, I included, I think Cade Cunningham is the better prospect than Jalen Green. Now, it's close, but the Rockets had the worst year last year. They had the worst record in the league last year by I believe it was either two and a half or three games. When you look at the season that not only the Rockets players, but also all of us, all of Rockets fans had to endure, and you don't come out of the season with the number one pick, it's a little dissatisfying. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not upset. I'm just speaking my truth that I feel like the Rockets did not ultimately get what they deserve from going through what they went through last year. And the amount of talent that they have added to this team, there is no doubt in my mind, there is no question in anybody's mind that the Rockets improved from last year to next year. Next year, they are going to be better than they were last season. Now, how much better? I've said it before, and I will say it again, that there are not... The Rockets will be a top 10 team in the West next year. I honestly believe that. If they keep this goofy play in tournament thing that they have which I think is utterly ridiculous. I think the Rockets can be a top 10 team in the Western Conference next year. If you look at the rest of the Western Conference, the very very early look at the Western Conference, okay? Are the Rockets from last year's standings, are the Rockets better than the Jazz? No. Are they better than the Phoenix Suns? No. Are they better than Denver? No. That's three. They're not better than the Clippers, they're not better than the Mavericks, they're not better they're not better yet than Portland. But I think that Portland could take a a sharp turn to the right. Not to the right. I think the right's going in the right direction. They are a, they are a Damian Lillard trade away from going sharp to the left, where that team just goes into the toilet. Uh, the Lakers, obviously not. The Memphis Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are better than the Rockets right now. But with the, the trade of Jonas Valanciunas, I think that's going to hurt that Grizzlies team a lot more than they think with taking on the corpse that is Steven Adams. Um, It would not shock me through the year if that trade blows up in Memphis's face and the Rockets could be within an earshot of a Memphis Grizzlies next year. The Golden State Warriors with a healthy Steph, a healthy Klay Thompson, a healthy Draymond Green, they're not better than the Warriors. Um, And then you start getting into very interesting questions as it pertains to the Rockets' viability at being a top 10 team next season. Can you really sit here and tell me that the New Orleans Pelicans are better than the Houston Rockets definitively over a full 82-game season? You're going to sit here and tell me that they are better definitively than the Rockets. Do I think they have the best player on the court in Zion Williamson? It's debatable between him and Brandon Ingram. I think the Rockets have the overall more athletic, more young roster. Is, Is it a better roster? No. But you can make the argument they will be right there with the Pelicans at the end of the year. The Rockets are as good or better than the Sacramento Kings currently. Outside of De'Aaron Fox, what on that team? Honestly, Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, so I see your Tyrese Halliburton and your De'Aaron Fox, and I raise you a Jalen Green and a Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, everybody's high for some reason on the Minnesota Timberwolves because now they have Patrick Beverly. Now they, you know, they have D'Angelo Russell. They have Carl Anthony Towns. You saw last year what Christian Wood was capable of. You get a Daniel Tyson, a Carl Anthony Towns. Towns still has a knight, probably not as good of a knight. They have D'Angelo Russell. They have Anthony Edwards. I like what the Rockets have equally as, equally as good or better than the Timberwolves. And then you have the Thunder. The Rockets are a better team than the Oklahoma City Thunder. So all of these people on ESPN and, you know, on, you know, all these polls on Twitter and all these different things, They mean nothing until this team actually takes the court. It doesn't mean anything until these guys step on the court. What can you do? Do the Rockets have an elevated version of a Steve Francis and a Coutinho Mobley that they had a lot of success with in their previous years as the the Rockets? Have they found their new uh, Chris Paul and James Harden? I think that Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., can tear apart backcourts on a nightly basis going into next season. I think Daniel Tice was absolutely what the Rockets had to add for this roster because they got killed on the boards. And as James points out in the chat, Vegas has the Rockets' odds for making the playoffs at plus 600. Bet the mortgage. Look, am I going to tell you to rush to Vegas right now or rush to your nearest sports book or bookie and bet? you know, uh, $10,000 on the Rockets to make the playoffs? No, but if they're if they're deeming making the playoffs as being a top 10 team, or if it, I don't know how those rules work, either being a top 10 team or do they have to make it into the top eight? The, the talent is there. The, there's no question the talent is there. We're going to find out this year, okay? His pedigree, when I say his, I'm talking about Steven Silas. When he came over from the Dallas Mavericks, you know, my boy Jeremy Brenner and I, Praised his ability to develop young talent. He did it last year. You saw it. I mean, the the talent took a step forward for Stephen Silas. Now he didn't have a lot of talent to begin with, so even that elevated talent, what did it really mean? It didn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. But this year, how can Stephen Silas build a system that can help bring along the talent of guys like Jalen Green, guys like Kevin Porter Jr. Um, what can he do for a guy like Christian Wood? Can he develop a system where Christian Wood and Daniel Tice can play at the same time? What can he and his staff do to bring along the jump shot of a guy like Usman Garuba? Because if Usman Garuba develops a jump shot, I, I mean, game over, okay? I say that, you know, tongue in cheek, but you know what I mean. The guy's got the defensive end of the floor, Pretty well figured out. Is there going to be a learning curve going from playing overseas to playing in the NBA? Duh. Okay, that that, that goes without saying. But if he diver- you know develops a mid-range jump shot or you know the a corner three, can Usman Garuba develop a PJ Tucker type uh, trajectory by acquiring a three-point shot from the corner? If he can, that that, that turns this his trajectory on its head. And before we wrap up the show, if anybody in the room would like to to come up or come back up and, you know, talk anything else, Houston Rockets, go ahead and hit that request to speak button. I would love to have you up here on stage with me. Like I said, before we wrap up uh, the show here on the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take live here on Spotify uh, Green Room. Some things to look forward to in the coming weeks. Uh, I know we've taken a little bit of a sabbatical here uh, recently, but uh, media day is coming up. Uh, We here at The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take, will have everything uh, covered on uh, every one of our podcasts on everything that has to do with media day. We've got training camp coming up. uh, We're going to have games in about a month, which is really, really exciting times uh, because as uh, my man Mike pointed out as he joined the show earlier, he's excited about this season. I don't know if you can tell in my voice that – I am freaking excited as well. And it looks like Mike wants to come back up before the end of the show. Mike, what you got?
0: What's what's up, man? Uh, wanted to ask your thoughts because this one's been going all over Twitter recently as sure. well about uh, like Christian Wood's trade value is that it's probably at its peak. And I think by the trade deadline, you know, assuming that it's a good year, it's probably at its best. And, you know, I guess the question is when this team is playoff ready, are, are they going to have, is Christian Wood going to be on that timeline? They're going to be willing to pay him. The question is: Do you take the value you can get from a Christian Wood trade, or do you hold on to him and see how he does, and extend him, and then put your chances of extending the other guys at risk? Yeah, it's here's the thing, man.
1: Christian Wood, I, I feel like half of Rockets fan base is he's the savior. He's this. He's that. He's going to lead us to the promised land. Do I think he's a very, very good player? Yes. Do I think he's an all-star? No, I don't. I feel like the numbers that he had were because of the team that he was on. He was the guy. They went to him very, very often. Here's the reason why you do not trade Christian Wood, period, end of story. I don't care what you could get for him, Mike. If If you search Christian Wood came here for Steven Silas, here's his, after a lost the Oklahoma City Thunder. Here's what Christian Wood had to say about Stephen Silas. My relationship with Stephen is I came here for him. He brought me in. To speak on yesterday, you never want to see a head coach like that. I'd rather see my head coach, how his face was today after this win, than how it was yesterday. I'm happy to see that. Me and coach have always had a relationship in terms of trusting each other on and off the court. So it was a good win for us. It helped his spirit, and it helped mine as well. We just got to keep it up. He said he came – to the Rockets for Steven Silas. The ramifications yeah. of trading a one of your three best players, he's probably, he's probably your best player right now, gun to my head, um, then Kevin Porter Jr., then probably Jalen Green. You don't, yeah. trade a guy, you don't trade a guy like that. You don't trade a guy who his only year here was at, right after you trade Russell Westbrook and James Harden and you put him in a impossible situation to have success. You don't just trade him
0: because you can get like what would you want for a Christian Wood? I mean I, I was thinking about this as well. I think that the time, like the best time to have trade him would have been at the draft, this past like draft, because then that would have like who knows what the part are the picks they would have gotten for him, etc. I, I, I honestly don't know because I think like p- part of my earlier question is that there's such a um such a log jam of minutes. Like they need to Create space for people to be able to play, um, both in the you front know? court. Because I'd love to see uh, Shangoon and Garuba get time as well uh, to develop. Um, Sangoon's what... not ready. Sangoon is not
1: ready for NBA for legitimate NBA minutes. He got a cup of coffee in the G League. <laughs> and look, was it was it fun? Yeah, it absolutely was fun. I think the kid has intangibles that are hard to teach. Right. I think right. he has incredible toughness. Are you really going to tell me that if you have a three-game, if you have a three-game uh, in a row lineup of Denver, Philadelphia, and Minnesota, you trust Sangoon to play legitimate minutes against Towns, Embiid, and Jokic? No, I mean not, not right now. now no, but that's what yeah. I'm saying is that yeah. you don't trade a Christian. You don't trade a guy last year. Look at Christian Wood's stats. Right, ever since he started getting legitimate minutes in 19. He went from 17 points to 13 points when he played in a limited season with Detroit to 21 points last year and eight rebounds. Like you're going to trade that for draft picks. You did that once. And I think you got incredibly lucky with Jalen green. You trust, yeah. you trust it to happen again. Cause what happens when you trade him to a team for a lotter, a potential lottery pick, right? What happens if you trade him to a, I mean, a team that sucks and they're willing to give you their draft pick to acquire a fringe all-star player in Wood. What happens if instead of picking second, you end up picking fifth? Right. It's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. So those are the two reasons I don't make the move. Now, I'll tell you what I would do. I'll tell you what I would consider. I don't know if they would ever do this. And I know a lot of people hate him in the city. I would do a deal for Draymond Green.
0: For who? For Wood? For Wood?
1: Uh, yeah, the, the conversation starts with Green. I would probably need a little bit more than Green for Wood, but that's the type of player that I would want. I love I, Draymond Green.
0: I can't. I can't ever see like Golden State like giving him up, like dur- especially during like the window with Curry and Thompson. I mean, look, but that's but that's the type
1: of player that I would want in a Wood deal. Maybe Fair it's enough. not. Maybe it's not Green. No, but. Well, can you imagine Christian Wood playing alongside Curry and, and
0: Thompson? Well, honestly, like, when, when during the draft, I thought that was who they were probably, like, looking at. Because, like, you know, Wood for a couple of their picks and uh, the big Wiseman, is that his name? Yeah. Did I just make that up? Yeah, no, James yeah. Wiseman. Yeah, yeah. And, like, those, like, two picks that they had in the in the late lottery, mid to late lottery, I think that was, like, the option that I could easily have seen would be there. But I guess maybe they missed a vote. I guess the other question I have is, Okay, so if Wood's taking up probably 30 minutes, Daniel Theis another 25 minutes, all these other guys, like what, so which one of these guys would you rather see get time in the G League? And would it be better for Shingoon and Gruba to be in the G League playing as opposed to just getting, you know, nine minutes a game or riding the bench? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, my, I mean, it's a great question. It's, do I want, Sangoon to get minutes right away and Garuba to get minutes right away. I mean, yes, I do. I think that that immediate getting minutes fantasy is in the G League. Do I think that that's right? No, I don't. I just, I I just, like, you can't sell me on sending those guys down to the G League makes them better. Like, the talent that Garuba saw playing overseas is either equally as good as what he'll see in the G league or better for the most. Right. part. Right. I, I mean, I think Josh Christopher is a guy that I feel like could benefit from the G league a hundred percent, but I feel like sangoon the only way he's going to get better and stronger and see those types of men, he has to play against Jokic. He has to play against yeah. towns. He's not going to play against those types of guys in the G league. That's what you're giving up by sending those guys down there. Garuba. Look, I'll tell you, if the team starts off well, okay, if they're hovering around 525 to 30 games in, you're going to need Garuba because this team can stay in that playoff fantasy is what I'll call it. You need a guy like Garuba on your roster because you're going to need – there's going to be nights where you're going to say, Garuba, go cover Kawhi Leonard. Garuba, go cover uh, Kevin Durant. You're going to need that guy. You know th- this team doesn't have Jay Sean Tate. Like, can you imagine defensively what this team could look like if you put a lineup of Tice, Tate, Garuba, Jalen Green, and Kevin Porter Jr.?
0: I mean, you'd have to hide Kevin Porter Jr.
1: No, you okay? But <laughs> yeah. you're gonna you're gonna tell me the the help defense wouldn't be there nine for sure. That's what I'm saying is that you, you put a defensive overall defensive mindset on the court with three guys. And then you put two scorers out there. Like, I mean, let's go. I mean, that that's what I want to see. The difference is we talked about this when you were on the show before is that the last thing I care about at this point is seeing Eric Gordon as a rocket. It, I love the guy. I'm not going to call him a rockets legend, Like, congrats, you scored 50 points in a game against Utah once, right? Like, if a bear craps in the forest and no one's there to see it, did it ever happen? You know what I mean? That's that's my mindset of things like that is, congrats, you scored a lot of points in a game that meant nothing.
0: Whoop-de-doo. I mean... Yeah. Looks like he's gonna be staying. Like they at all yeah. indications point that he's gonna be here and probably might not get actually traded at the trade deadline. So Right, and that's the thing is the Just gotta get used to it. That's where my mindset is is play
1: the youth. If you're yeah, going to, if you. you're going to embrace the tank, tank it. That's what I'm gonna say. So Mike, it was a pleasure having you on the show, my yep. man. I'm gonna Thanks go ahead and wrap up. up. All right, brother. This has been another episode of the Dream Shakes the Dream Take Podcast. Uh, you can go ahead and follow me personally on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Make sure to follow the Dream Take-On Podcast for all things Houston Rockets all the time at The Dream Shake. Make sure to follow the Dream Takes Mothership, The Dream Shake on Twitter at SVN. Make sure to follow my immensely talented co-pilot, Mr. Jeremy Brenner, at jeremy brenner that's j-e-r-e-m-y-b-r-e-n-e-r thank y'all so much for joining us here on the dream take we will be back very very soon we'll make sure to make an announcement via our twitter and the dream shakes twitter and jeremy's twitter and my twitter so until next time rockets fans go rockets